Welcome to The Ladder, a podcast series for aspiring turf managers currently climbing the career ladder, and also for those already at the top who would like to better understand their Generation Y staff members. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy. Welcome to this episode of The Ladder, sponsored by Steck Equipment. I'm your host today, John Reitman, and our guest is Anthony Williams. Director of Golf Course and Landscape Operations at TPC Four Seasons Golf and Sports Club Dallas in Irving, Texas. Anthony, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, John. I'm excited to be on the on the opportunity with you. You have a very long and successful career as a golf course superintendent. You've sent a lot of assistants on to become head superintendents themselves. How have you seen the role of assistant superintendents change? You know, it's changed quite a bit, John. Uh, in, in, oh, I'd say 20 or 30 years ago, the assistant superintendent was really a, a field foreman. Most of his time was spent out, you know, on the field doing projects and supervising pieces and parts of the operation. And the superintendent was primarily the guy who called the programs and did all the higher functions as far as uh, calibration and choosing which products and rates and and really, the, that role was kind of a still a right hand and very critical to the operation. But over the years, uh, that that sort of assistant position has kind of filled a lot of the the superintendent responsibilities. You know, they're much more active as far as scheduling staff and putting out product and overseeing more complex pieces of the operation. And of course, the superintendents had to move his game up a bit because over that same time frame. There's been a lot more regulatory changes, a lot more physical uh, and financial obligations. And so I think the role and relationship between superintendent and assistant has certainly evolved over, let's say, the last 20 years. Are you seeing assistants coming into the workplace prepared to take on that role as it's changed over time? Oh, absolutely. Uh, And again, uh, 20 years ago, uh, it was more of an uh, apprentice sort of situation. You may have uh, a young person come into the operation with uh, may, ha- may or may not have a college degree, uh, but has uh, definitely got uh, an interest and a little bit of experience, and then you groom them uh, into that assistant role, and they kind of start with you and then kind of stay with you through three, four, five years before they move on, on to a superintendent position. Now it is very common. These uh, youngsters are coming in, uh, a four-year degree, uh, several strong internships. They're functional when they uh, land, and they are uh, career-driven, and most of them can sit and tell you during the interview uh, what their uh, one-, three-, and five-year plan is in order uh, to grow into the industry. What are they picking up in terms of education that might be different compared to 20 years ago? You know, you mentioned most now come into the market with four-year degrees, which wasn't always the case before. You know, how has that helped them become better prepared? Well, they're technically savvy. They uh, they love the smartphone. They have a lot of ability to jump from one app to the other. They have a, a clear understanding of, uh, you know, for instance, they, they have an app to help identify turf grass weeds, whereas before we had to be the app. Uh, so, uh, you know, they understand uh, a lot of how social media interacts with the club and their role in those things. So they they capture great images, and they're able to come and, and bring back a picture uh, that says, hey, this looks a little off to me, the turf standing, what do you think? 
and you have a brief discussion, and you go and you take a look at it, and all of these things just speed up the processes. So it's just one uh, amazing piece of watching this young generation just embrace the technology and find new and more creative ways to utilize it uh, within the golf maintenance operation. Of course, with each generation that comes along, there are traits and habits and stereotypes that accompany each one. Going back to the beginning of your career to now, how has it affected your ability to communicate with the current generation of of assistant superintendents? Well, it's certainly changed, John. I I think you have to make a conscious effort to understand the the language is going to be a little different. The speed in which things happen is a little bit different. Uh, You know, it's uh, used to we would all come in in the morning and have a a cup of coffee and kind of talk about the day, do the whiteboard and move on. But now everybody's got their cell phone out. They're texting and moving, and there's never a dull moment with them. And you have to kind of understand sometimes it's hard for them to call a timeout, look you directly in the eye, and communicate the way we did in the old days. Um, You know, they they want to keep moving. You know, catch me on the radio, shoot me a text message, let's have a, a group text set up so we can have all the supervisors hit it at one time. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot of difference. Um, however, I will say this, a lot of these young men and women are supervising retirees that are actually from a different generation, and that can become a little bit of a challenge because they're used to, uh, you know, a different speed, and then uh, you have a gentleman that's got a 35-year career elsewhere who's retired who's working as a greenskeeper mowing greens and working part-time primarily just to have golf benefits and now you've got these youngsters supervising older workers so that is a, a, an interesting dynamic for the assistant superintendent today as well one of the things you hear about millennials and you and i have sat in on some of the same seminars where we've had experts in the field discuss effective communication between different generations and one of the things that always comes up is how millennials expect someone like yourself to sort of communicate to their level not for them to have to communicate to yours when you have this same group of people who are the people that they are supervising as you said sometimes are are retirees how does the effective communication then take place in that regard who's the one who's having to come up or down to the other's level well, I've, what I've found is oftentimes I'm the translator that has to sort of get that message communicated between the two. Uh, and so that's an interesting role for me as a director now with superintendents and assistants and all this very uh, diverse group uh, uh, and uh, so much of an age gap, too, between you know the, the beginning guys on the staff that are some are pretty young, you know, 18, 19, and I think our, our most uh, classic veteran uh, team members are, are in their late 60s. So what I've found is is that it takes a consistent effort day in, day out to get everybody on the, on the same page. And eventually you have to be a little creative on how you mix and match, uh, you know, the assistant group with the techs and the foreman. Because the, the millennials don't see the, the hierarchy, whereas the, the, the you know, boomers or some of the older guys what they're used to is hey you know a title is important and you have to respect the title even uh, at all at all points so it's a very uh, fine line to get these guys to actually uh, look and make sure they understand what they think they've communicated so it's a uh, it's an ongoing thing john and it's uh, it can be done but it's uh, 
uh, every day we have to to come back through and make sure that we're doing everything we can do to get that level of of understanding. Because you know, if if there is a miscommunication, it can impact the, the conditioning on the golf course for the day. And obviously, we we try to avoid that at all costs. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsor. With a commitment to quality and a passion for sourcing the latest innovations from Europe and North America, Steck Equipment has grown to be the go-to supplier for specialized turf equipment. Check out their line of phrase mowers, material handlers, laser graders, vacuum sweepers, blowers, verticutters, and seeders, decompactors, sand fillers, and much more at steckequipment.com. That's S-T-E-C equipment.com. We're back on the ladder. I'm your host, John Reitman, and our guest today is Anthony Williams of TPC Four Seasons Golf and Sports Club, Dallas in Irving, Texas. Anthony, we talked a little bit about effective communication and the propensity for millennials and people of a younger generation to communicate primarily by text. Does that at all influence the effectiveness of communications? There, there are times, John, where, where it does suffer, especially, again, if you've got a, a an employee who doesn't have a cell phone, for instance, and is not familiar with texting or any of those things, and they're not used to having anything abbreviated, uh, and that older generation, they they prefer to be asked to do something, you know. And the difference would be when you tell somebody, "Can you go mow green set number one, and then make sure you wash your mower up afterwards, and then come see me for your next assignment," versus uh, a text that says, "Go mow." section, you know, green one. Uh, and they don't have any, you know, they, they they see it a little bit as disrespectful, and they become a little resistant to it. And so you have to come and bring that back full circle. And even the way that you write uh, assignments on the whiteboard, uh, a person who doesn't text doesn't necessarily like to see any abbreviations. And uh, since we are a bilingual club, you have to be cognizant of, uh, you know, the Spanish-English you know, cultural difference and, and literal translation differences. So, uh, you know, I, I still say, uh, you know, we're, we're really these days more engaged in growing the people who grow the grass, whereas before it was a lot of hands-on agronomy, you know, putting it all one step into motion at a time, and now it's much more involved in, uh, you know, it's a, a deeper training group. It's a different communication set. And uh, the better you're able to do that, uh, I think the better your golf course is. How have people on your team been able to effectively incorporate perhaps social media into their day-to-day work habits? Uh, you know, it's uh, it has certainly become part of, of who we are and what we do. And at each property, we did a uh, little, and then it got a little bigger and a little bigger. Uh, and then here at TPC, you know, we have... You know, we have a Twitter handle, and we have Facebook and YouTube videos. And uh, I, I think the thing that has impressed me most about this group is, you know, we uh, acquired a drone uh, at the beginning of the year and started documenting some of our agronomic practices uh, with the drone and getting different views of the golf course and using it to communicate to the Greens Committee or to our uh, management or just golfers in general about you know what we do and how we do it and what they do. For instance, if they're not abiding by the the cart path only rules or different things, so uh, being able to use this technology and and use that social media feed to create this buzz has been uh, very helpful. And it is sort of expected now. Our radios have sort of become uh, 
kind of urban legend a little. And so now, if if we don't have like a, something new and better, uh, so that's uh, that's very interesting to me. Watching that slow change of uh, in the beginning, we didn't even capture you know still photography very often, and then we kind of crossed that bridge, and then we got into great images telling great stories especially environmental stories and so now we've really taken it to the next level by capturing these uh videos and doing these edits and and occasionally putting a soundtrack to it just to make them a bit more interesting so again it's uh um taking communication um to to another place uh so it's certainly no longer true to say that the golf course superintendent is this uh, very introverted person and then the group as a whole uh we're just staying in the shadows of the barn so we're we're out uh in the public eye in social media and embracing this these opportunities to communicate our uh our activities one of the greatest changes that assistant superintendents are facing now is just how long it might take them to climb the ladder of success so to speak you know whereas it used to be something that could be measured in weeks, months, and, you know, one or two years now is being measured in multiple years, if it ever happens at all. Given that there's the supply-demand equation for golf course superintendents is not what it once was, what can folks do today to maybe help expedite their career growth? Well, John, my my first recommendation is always uh, start with the end in mind. Yeah, if you really want to be a resort superintendent, then start tracking that way early in your career. If it's a private club that you have your eye on, uh, the same. Or if you want to be involved in in places that host uh, televised PGA events, you know it's hard to jump now between all those pieces within the industry. You sort of have to kind of make a commitment early on, and then you chase down the the best opportunities possible. You want to have the best education, the best internships, the best exposure. Um, you know, we, we hear the, the, the statement, uh, you know, it's, it's not as uh, important. You know, um, how, who knows you in this industry is very important. So establishing yourself and your reputation early on and then continuing that growth, whether you're an assistant level uh, manager or not, just be excellent at what you do. And then pay attention to getting the word out and, sort of always looking to see for that next opportunity so that something doesn't pass you by, uh, you know, because you can't really afford to miss an opportunity with the market the way it is currently. So um, so and those are kind of the things, I think, that, that kind of keep it interesting, keep the, 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 you know, the professional focused, and it will create an opportunity, even if it is a little longer than it had been maybe 20 years ago. Uh, there's still a, a big demand for guys who can get the job done at a high level and communicate and function within uh, you know corporate environment anthony thanks very much for joining us today my pleasure john thank you very much you have been listening to the ladder on turfnet radio be sure to subscribe on itunes and stitcher for instant access to past and future episodes of the ladder and other turfnet radio podcasts Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.